Hi there, Neil here. Obviously, you love to travel. That's why you're listening to this podcast. Circa, our app available right now from the App Store on iOS, is filled with podcasts and guides for travelers. But more than that, it has a feature that we're calling the Circa Concierge, where you can have any question about any place you're traveling answered by real people on the ground. We're giving you a friend to ask anywhere in the world. And hey, if you've got questions about Barcelona, you might even get me. Because I love to help people discover my city. And if you're the same way for the city where you live, then we want you to become part of the Circa Concierge too. Right now, we're searching for concierges in Barcelona, Rome, London, Paris, Madrid, Venice, and New York City. Don't see your city listed? That's okay. We'll be rolling out new cities throughout the year, and yours might just be next. If you love where you live and love to help travelers, sign up now to be a Circa Concierge. Help out our users and earn tips for the knowledge you have about your own city or country. Head over to circatravel.com forward slash concierge and sign up today. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hey guys, quick note. This episode of Passport is a little bit more not safe for work than usual. So if you're adverse to some bad language and some adult themes, maybe skip this episode. For the rest of you, let's go to Italy. All right. So is this your first time on radio? It is. <laughs> but you do have a voice for radio. Got a face for radio. Oh! <laughs> but a bing. I'll get in there early. All right. It's like the first time in a long time that we've done a misinformation. And it's going to be the last. <laughs> I care about your family, and this is going to end your work forever. You well, know that, right? I mean, we like came the- in here knowing that that was a danger. So there, gonna- there is one thing that I have to say, which is, okay. Katie, if you're listening, you might want to sit this you one out. You might want to skip this one <laughs> A destination isn't always a place. Sometimes it's a new way of seeing things. I'm Neil Innes. And I'm Andres Bartos. From Frequency Machine, this is Passport. Your ticket to everywhere. There are things we think we know about places. But history, prejudice, stereotypes, and the viral nature of 24-hour news and social media has made common knowledge about faraway places even more twisted than ever. Today on Passport, we try and clear up some of the outright lies of an entire country by doing what we do best, having a chat with somebody who actually knows what they're talking about. Today on Misinfonation, it's all cars, cappuccinos, carpaccio, and cannoli. Or is it? Today, we head to that big, old, beautiful boot jutting into the Mediterranean Sea, Italy. Giuseppe Verdi said you can keep the universe, just give me Italy. If you've ever been, you know instantly what he means. From the rugged Alps in the north the gorgeous alpine lakes and glacier-carved valleys, to drop-dead gorgeous Tuscany, perhaps the best-known region, and beyond. Italy seems to have it all. The madness and romance of Rome, the pristine, perfectly color-coded class and style of Milan, the rugged and rich and endlessly tasty islands of Sicily and Sardinia. The beauty, the passion, the football, the mafia, the architecture, the music, the wine, and of course, the cuisine. Cliché-wise, Italy is a glaringly obvious choice for what we do here on the show. So we've called in our guest for the week, Milan-born photographer and dear friend Dario Flores d'Arcais, 
And with Italy, he's staring straight at an open goal. The stereotypes of Italy sometimes irk him. They sometimes make him laugh. But he has a real problem today with the outsider's view of Italy. Does this make you nervous? It's like a torture box. <laughs> I mean... Oh, it's not for me. It's for my country, man. Right. So the problem for me with this is that there's no sense you do a misinformation about Italy. Ah, let's start for there. For so many reasons. This is perfect. First reason is that all misconception, cliché, they're all true. <laughs> so there's no point of me being here trying to deny or what. It's, well, this is what we're going to find out. Is it 100% true? Absolutely. Oh, God, I hope so. <laughs> wow. We're going to have a ball. If it is, we're going to have a ball. It All right, is. guys, that's it, it for is. this week. We'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs> but is Dario right? Is the world right? Is Google right? Is it possible that every single cliche of one of Europe's most beautiful places ring true? Today on Misinformation... With this unstereotypical Italian, we're going to find out. So first things first, what does Dario think we're going to ask him? Do Italians speak while they eat all the time? Oh, nice. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> As I told you, everything that I'm saying is true. This is all <laughs> confirmed. Just, I don't want to try to deny it. According to True Romance, which is an awesome movie, by the way, Italians do share... Some blood and genes with Africans. Okay. But yes, it's true. Yes? <laughs> oh, so, yeah, absolutely. I think this is the reason why we ended up being so fucking amazing. <laughs> God damn. This is easy. Do Italians eat pasta all the time? Yes. <laughs> I mean, do I really want to deny it? No, we do. Where are we? So Italians do it better, you know? <laughs> Okay. It's just Wait, as a general a rule. General <laughs> okay. We do have a section that's basically Actually, that. We do. That's fantastic. I know how that's going to go yep. now. Listen, it's like it's a saying. Yeah. yeah. And this is wrong, actually. We are the best also at the worst. Like, <laughs> no, no, no. This is fucking true, guys. <laughs> oh, my God. So you're amazing at being great and terrible in equal yes. measure. Yes. Oh, that's the wow. definition of Italian. But you know what? I completely agree. All right. Are all Italians related to mafia? Somehow? Sure. Yeah, we yeah. Do, that's definitely on our That's list. on the list. We definitely are. <laughs> okay. I mean, in a way, like if you think about the six degree separation, we are. Yeah. Okay. Even I think a three degree separation. <laughs> I guess you are. This is just just to be upfront about. It, this is the other worry that I had about doing this. It was that Dario is just going to say, "Yep, it's true <laughs> to everything." But it is. <laughs> I'm, but I'm already. I want to ask more questions. So this oh, we is can good design. Yeah. We can discuss. But I, about I, I'm it. excited about going for a 100% true misinformation. Right? If we can manage that, that would be incredible. I'm pretty confident we can. All right. Okay. With the confidence of Dario's prediction in our minds, we got into some background. We've known Dario for a long time, and we'd always pictured a well-dressed kid growing up in Milan, church on Sunday, hair slicked over to one side, but. Turns out that wasn't really the case. The world of high fashion was strictly off limits. So my parents, they're kind of uh, these leftist intellectuals. Okay. So for them, anything that had a brand on it, it didn't have a sense. Unacceptable. I still remember my uh, 14th birthday. Okay. I asked for a, <laughs> for a Ralph Lauren shirt. Yeah. Okay. That's the one with the horse. Yeah, the one yeah. with the horse with the polo. And... I opened the presents. I knew it was a shirt by feeling the... You could tell from yeah, the fabric, right? from the fabric. I opened it, and it was this shirt with a polo horse, but the brand was Oxer. <laughs> and I thought, what the fuck? Like, mom, come on, please. And I had to fake I was happy. So I was crying. I had real tears of sadness, and I pretended them to be, like, happiness. So somehow, without argument, without a question, without hesitation... Totally unconsciously, we went straight to style. And it turns out it is incredibly important in Italy. Even a 14-year-old kid raised by lefty intellectuals who had evenings out with Noam Chomsky could tell us that. But hang on. Before we get to fashion, let's have a look at Italy. This country of 60 million people is divided into 20 regions, five of which are autonomous, self-governed states. 
But what most people don't realize about Italy is that there are 34 spoken languages and dialects. 34. In a country the size of Arizona. By way of the nature of the Roman Empire, a class system beyond comparison, and multiple divisions and fractures in the Latin language, Italy grew into a weird and diverse mess of regional tongues. In Naples, they talk in a way that they only talk there. And Can you understand it if you go there? It's, it's hard, okay? It's, yeah. really, it's really complicated. It's, it's a different language. Sicily, it's considered a different language. Yeah. Like, even like intellectually, like sure. on the books, it's considered a language. This is the main difference in Italy. Like you have so many languages, so many people, and this is also what makes it nice, I guess. It's really diverse. A lot of the passion and competitive nature that we think of within the fiery Italian stereotype is probably based around the fact that tiny distances contain multitudes, including legendary rivalries between towns. Italy is divided by so many things. <laughs> I, got a, I got a word for it. Hang on. Campanilismo. Yeah. Yeah. The campana is the bells. The bell. So we're divided, basically, we're arguing among the bells of the towers. Oh, so man. they're so close, it, it gives you an idea of what we're fighting on. <laughs> so even from two different towers, already there's a difference. There is an arguing, there is a gotcha. fight. Two, two different church towers and church, two different towers, towns. bells. It's like, they're not the bells from my town, so fuck you. Yeah, fuck absolutely. It's everywhere. It's not really Italian. Man. I wouldn't say this is really Italian. Misinformation. Oh, well, but he's saying it's true. It's what? just true to the whole world. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Shit. All right. So, so it's true. By the law of transition, the whole world is Italy. By the law of transition, the whole world is Italy. There's an idea that Rome divides the north of Italy from the south, but also that Rome is not only the divider, but it's its own thing entirely. Now, Dario couldn't possibly define, or didn't want to, what made the North and the South stereotypically different, so I decided I'd have a go. I'm gonna try to get as stereotypical as possible. The South are lazy, criminal, potentially not very intelligent people. Yeah, the worst stereotypes you can find. Is what I'm saying right now. And then the North are kind of snooty, snobby, bit higher than now. Fashionista. Fashionista douchebags with big sunglasses. Yeah. This would sum it up pretty pretty well, I'd say. Thanks. <laughs> In terms of stereotypes. Of course. Which we want to find. We do, but we're not doing a very good job. <laughs> no, not until now. They're failing I'm miserably. Sorry, guys. And of course, this division of the country takes us straight back to style. Why are Italians so fashionable? That's a tough question. Because, you see, you have different types of fashion. In the north, you have, like posh kind of fashion, mm-hmm. which tends to uh, to be more classical, more with a color palette, yeah. while in the south you have the opposite. You have gold, you have uh, uh, drawings, and like it's about showing off. Right. Do they do fashion better than anyone? Of course. Would you say you do the worst fashion better than anyone else? Oh, oh yes. <laughs> nicely done. Nicely. It's true. Though. It's true, absolutely. Uh, there's something about... Mid fifty year old Italian women's pants. Oh, that right. is just outstandingly bad. Like, like scre- bad. screamy bad. Yeah. Yeah. You mean like the Jaguar thing yeah, texture? Le- like le- yeah. Leopard, 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 yeah. Leopard jacket. Yeah. Or like yeah. gold lame yeah. or yeah. gold and they all look like Patsy and Edwina from Absolutely Fabulous. Yeah. At a certain point it just changes from like chic to just fuck it. Yeah, right. <laughs> There's probably a very long list of reasons why Italians always look good. But the top one might not be what you're thinking. Designers, artisans, craftsmen, sure. But the special ingredient to looking your best is living with your mama for a long, long time. Until you were 25 years old, you took all of your washing to your mom, right? Oh, God. (laughs) Jesus, I knew it. So is this a thing? Like, you, did you find it on the internet? No, 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 no. This is a thing that we all know. And that I found on the internet. Oh, my God. No, this so is, a, this it's is a, it's yeah. a huge thing. Yeah. I wow. mean, from all my Italian friends and the mama and the nonna. Jesus Christ. I already know from your body language that it's true. Yeah. Fuck, it's true. <laughs> How's this for a thoroughly depressing statistic? 
Around 25% of people from the ages of 30 to 40 still live with their parents. You gotta make them happy. And the only way to do that, it would seem, is to stay with them forever. I've lived with my parents until I was 23. That sounds young for Italy. Oh, it's, I was like the only one living. Wow. Everybody was like, oh, you're living. Oh my God, how, do, how are you doing it? Like, uh, like all, all my friends stayed until they were like 30. Right. I know people that are 40, 50 living with their parents. But the main reason is if I live with my parents, besides having your clothes washed and whatnot, I can actually buy a nice car. Pleasing your parents is really Italian, yeah. I guess. So. Do you still have it? I think I cannot avoid it. Okay. There's no way. Even after years of therapy, you cannot avoid it. <laughs> it's just one of, the, of those things. Man. It's definitely not an English thing. Latin America has its own version of the mom thing, but it's different than the Italian thing. Because the Italian thing is like, as an outsider, feels like a love affair. It is. It you is. Know, when things are going well, when things are going bad, it's the intensity is high. Yeah. It's Greek drama. Yes. Looking good, male grooming, branded everything are things that we can't help but think about when it comes to the Italians. But Dario also takes this look your best national mantra back to something a little more lofty, a little more psychological. You don't want to show your 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 weak side. This also has to do with the Machiavellic, you know, thing that people think we have. Like, Saying one thing and thinking yeah. something completely different. Which is true also, <laughs> I gotta say. I remember like the first year I came here and I was talking with my cousin's wife who's Catalan. Yeah. And she was like, I cannot understand why you Italians always say one thing but think another one. And I was like, uh, well, it's not like completely true. But then I was thinking, yeah, fuck, we are like this. <laughs> we totally are. So amongst all of this opposed closeness and sleight of hand, there is, of course, another family in Italy. La Cosa Nostra, the Mafia. So your subconscious here would generally head to New York or New Jersey. I mean, such is the power of Italy's most potent and controversial export and the silver-screened life of the mob. But here, specifically in Sicily and the south of the country, the Mafia has existed, shaken down, and terrorized the country since the mid-17th century, in some form or another. And by the early to mid-1900s, the crime syndicate had crept into every corner of the country. It's fallen off over the last two decades, but even still, today, everyone's involved, right? How many members of your family are in the Mafia? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it, may, it depends on what you mean by Mafia. The, the Mafia that people think about, the organized crime in Italy. That really doesn't exist anymore. The right. Mafia is in finance now. And no, I'm not connected to the Mafia at all. This is what makes me an unusual Italian also. <laughs> I have no connection with Mafia. I almost believe you. I am the only one. <laughs> I'm the exception that confirms the rule. Uh-huh. Okay, so? so Misinformation. Oh, God. Yes. Oh. Ah, <sighs> oh, we got one. And then... Dario gave us the lowdown, his own ideology of the small-time crook, and we felt like we were suddenly in a gangster movie. At some point during your life, you have two options. The hard way, which is the legitimate, bureaucratic way. And then you have the easy way, which also sometimes can be the pragmatic way. You have a problem, how do you solve it? Okay, your moral would, would tell you, go the hard way, but at some point, you just have to do it the easy way just to get it done. <laughs> it sounds, really sounds like oh so scary as fuck. <laughs> Is he trying to get us oh in the mafia right now? No. I feel like I'm about to be beaten oh. to death with a telephone. <laughs> These underhanded dealings, taking the easy way, money under the table. There's a thought from Dario that this quote-unquote easy way just came from pure frustration. Frustration at one thing, bureaucracy. It's an art form in Europe, but like we already know, the Italians do it better than anyone. Italian bureaucracy is the yeah. worst in the world. 
like compared to it, Russian is what I imagine Russian bureaucracy is, is nothing. So is it the kind of thing like you go to an office and they're like, you need three photocopies of the specific document that you have to get from this office that's in a different county? And then you have to call the other office to get the permission to contact the right office and then come back here in three weeks. You know, this is <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah. I don't know why. The world is baffled too. Just Google bureaucratic horror stories in Italy. It's astounding. <laughs> the mafia is one thing, but when it comes to the world that is gripped, controlled, destroyed, heartbroken, and elated an entire nation, there's really only one thing, and that thing is football. Every single Italian is crazy about the beautiful game. So we were certain we had him. We were positive that we had the only Italian non-football fan in the world sitting right in front of us. We've known Dario for about eight years and he has never, not once, mentioned football. So misinformation, here we come. You're obviously a crazy football fan. Of course. Of course, guys. You can't even like say, you can't say it's not true. Oh it's like, Who's your team? AC Milan. Who's the manager? Pioli. Who's their forward? It's the god Ibrahimovic. <laughs> Everybody knows that. What are their back four? Okay, it's Romagnoli, then it's Calabria. Come on, guys. You're, are you serious? crazy. You're a closet this, football yeah, fan. Open. Of course, guys. Oh, my God. That just weirded me out. <laughs> I thought he was totally chumping us. It's totally true. It's super strong. And this is one of the things that is the rivalry between the cities among the teams. It's, it's amazing. It finds itself like it's an explosion. Right. It's a, so it's unavoidable. Absolutely. So how did they do that last match? We won. Well, we was actually this, won the was, derby. What was the score? We won two one against <laughs> against Inter. Neil is in now the searching derby. on the internet to confirm or so, deny to see if Dario is actually a, messing with us. Or if this is actually, real. Neil is now sad. I'm just weird. I, I was like, I, was I don't find many like kindred, was, unsporty spirits. In I was Europe. convinced that he was not like that. You had no football in you. But been, that's insane, man. You've been, li you you've been lying to me this whole time. According to the teams there. Wow. I have only one friend that is from Inter, the other. Wow. It's hard to have a relationship when you hate each other so You're much on, really on that serious. other thing. Absolutely. Did your Milan uh, love come from your dad? Yeah. He okay. took me to the stadium when I was eight. And I remember it was us and uh, another kid with his dad. I, I heard that the crowd was shouting like insults to the... Uh, to the other theme, which is Vafanculo, which is like a bad word. Yeah. But I started to sing it. My dad turned and said, yeah, you can do it. And the other <laughs> kid started to sing also, and his dad slapped him. Like, You're not allowed to say this shit. You know? So, but this was my father. You know? I just been lying to me for years. I'm, just, I'm so upset. But he hasn't, he hasn't, if, if I was doing like one of those, like, um, Why? I had a usual suspects moment. Where I was trying to think of all the times we've sat and talked. We've never talked about football. I have friends just for that. Outside of that, we're not, I, I wouldn't consider them friends. But inside football, I know they would cover my ass in any situation. It's, it's a weird thing. Oh, man. I feel better now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> After the break, graph paper, superstition, Italian weather girls... Exorcists and food, glorious food. We'll see you in a minute with much, much more. Hi, everyone. Circa is recruiting new concierges. A Circa concierge is a friend to ask anywhere in the world. Real people, on the ground, never bots. If you want to be a concierge for your city, go to circatravel.com to sign up. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset, hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Carvana.com. 
We were thinking deeply about Italy for a good few weeks before sitting down with Dario, gathering odds and ends for our chat. And producer Harry Stott mentioned to us to be sure to ask why all the paper in Italy is graph paper. You know, squared paper. Why are you guys all using squared paper notebooks? Why, why, why not? Wh- but what's, what is the point of a squared paper notebook? It's perfect. But not for writing. What? Every word, every number can be inside the square. It's just fucking perfect. <laughs> why not? Like, why have lines or, or not even anything? That's the worst thing ever. Oh. Guys, like, really? <laughs> so like, it's, I cannot... it's just for, like, box writing. Like, if you're learning how to do an M and you're six. It's just to be yeah. organized. And, but it, and doesn't it annoy you to look at the squared paper when you're writing? It's the opposite, actually. If you give me a paper that is not uh, square, I freak out, kind of. And an empty one, like just blank, blank page, is, is, is it's the worst. It's <laughs> I get so. anxious just thinking about it. <laughs> I never thought about it, but I cannot uh, conceive a world without like a square notebook. Amazing. Jesus. An American friend of Dario's once told him that Italians need guidelines or else it's chaos. Hence, squared paper notebooks. You learn something new every day. Italy actually has guidelines for everything, which come in the guise of sayings, superstitions, hand gestures, and Dario is quite a superstitious person. But maybe a little embarrassed about it? I know that you're kind of a superstitious person. Oh, right. fuck. How do, you, how, do, how do you know? I never. I, I mean, we never talked about it. Well, yeah, yeah. We, there was a period of time where you were gambling based on the fecal shape of your dog. <laughs> Yeah, your dogs would take <laughs> shits, and you would you take would notes. Them and take notes. I mean, it was deep, like you were serious this, into but this. Ju- but just for the lottery. This is not superstition. Superstition is bad luck. This is just gambling. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is everyday gambling. I mean, it it's, takes. It's, it's more a about difference. the weirdness of the method. <laughs> exactly. Very okay. specific. Okay, just think that. Uh, since the dawn of times, men have been thinking or uh, to find the link between what happens, like yeah. real facts and and stuff he have dreamt about or have seen, you know, sure. this kind of stuff. So you basically put this in lottery, as, as easy as that. <laughs> he makes it sound reasonable. <laughs> it's, like, it's fucking so reasonable. It's, like it's fucking you know logic. The, the link between your conscious and subconscious mind is just that. It's just it's that. Just the dog shit it's just, in the lottery. You reach I mean, out, my, outside of your brain into yeah. the ether. Okay, the dog shit is just my case. I'm <laughs> sure... Like there are people that see Jesus in a in a toast or Elvis. Yeah. yeah. That's it. Dario has never seen Jesus or Elvis on a piece of toast. But he has also never won the lottery. Anyway, we decided to hit him with a series of Italian superstitions to see just how deep into this stuff he was. Never take a bath when you're sick. Never heard of it. Cool. Excellent. We got one. <laughs> Seventeen is unlucky. Fuck yes. <laughs> What's up with 17? I don't know. All right. Because you guys have Friday the 17th. Yeah, of course. Friday the 17th yeah. is the day where you're... I don't is know where that comes true? from. Yeah. Is the movie Friday the 13th, <laughs> Friday, the, Friday the 17th in Italy? <laughs> they kept it, but everybody's thinking like, why? <laughs> Never turn a loaf of bread upside down. Never heard of it. Never put a hat on the bed. Oof, never heard of it. Nice. That's straight from a drugstore cowboy, too. Drugstore cowboy, yeah. Uh, touch iron to avoid bad luck. Of course. <laughs> what is no, it? Wait, wait, wait. Toca, fe- toca ferro? Yeah. Toca ferro. Toca ferro. But uh, normally it would be the genitals. Excuse me? Yeah, you touch your genitals against bad luck. If you're a woman, you're left breast. To ward off bad luck, if you're a man, you touch your balls. If you're a woman, your right breast. And the worst thing to see, the worst bad luck... Well, if you go on a train and there is a nun, mm-hmm. you touch your balls. Excuse me? <laughs> because it's because <laughs> it's, like it's, a black, it's, it's like bad, bad luck. luck. It's like a black cat. Absolutely. What? You know, like take this from the point of view of the nun for a second. Yeah. She's going on public transport. People are just Why touching their. Oh, she knows. Really? Yeah. Just Can you explain it? The uh, word for it that describes bad luck in Italian yeah. is sfiga. S-F-I-G-A, Sfiga. The word for pussy is Figa. figa. So Sfiga 
every word in Italian that uh, you, if you put a letter S on be, at the beginning of it, yeah. it becomes negative. Oh. So me, uh, literally, it means uh, the absence of pussy. Oh, so if there's no pussy, God. there's no luck. You know, this is the connection. None is the absence, is the absence of, of vagina. Absence. Yeah. Unless she's really super hot, <laughs> which is really rare. Well, it's rare and spectacular when it happens. It is, yeah. There's nothing There's nothing better than that. <laughs> I mean, that's top five. But when it happens, oh my God, you will try everything. Oh, absolutely. On no, that train will. trip. You will ruin your life. <laughs> to try to <laughs> go underneath that vest, for sure. I we finally so did happy it. We got to the hot nuns. Oof. So Italians do it better, even if it's being the worst. Could the phrase which Dario wanted to live this show by be broken? We put him straight down to the test. Does Italy do these things better than anywhere else in the world? Ready? Ready. Coffee. No. Oh. Oh, no, <laughs> Most of the people that I know, they do this burnt broth, and it's not good. And they're so wrong, i got to say that. Ah, we got huh? one. Yes. Yeah. Aperitivo. Of course. Aperitivo. There's no aperitivo in any other place in the world. Like, in Italy, you ask for a cocktail, and then they bring you a lot of food with it. So, and they treat you in a way that I haven't found anywhere. So, Do Italians do it better? Suits. Yes, but we share the mystery with the English. Damn right. In terms, okay, okay. <laughs> so here's the thing. Shut up, Australia. <laughs> In terms of taste, yeah, there's no like we, I, I share the taste with the English, but in terms of uh, artigianato, how do you call it? Like craftsmanship. Craftsmanship. We do it better. Sunglasses. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> um, yeah, I think we're the best. Pasta. This is not a question. This is a statement. And it's a fact and it cannot be denied. Beaches. No. No? Who says that? Google says it. Greece has the wow. top list. Misinformation. There you go. Italy makes the best cars. Okay, here's the thing. Depends what you're looking for. <laughs> <laughs> if you're looking for something that will get you cheeks and make amazing noise that sounds like music and will go fast as hell, Yeah. then yes. All right. Otherwise, I would go German all the way. (laughs) (laughs) Ice cream. Of course. Come on. Any other place that can even get close to it, what is it? Just name it. There's not. All right. Pizza. There's nothing else besides Italian pizza. New York, Chicago pizza is not a thing. I was going to ask you. No, fuck. That's not pizza. (laughs) I mean, yeah, it's pizza, but it's... It's it's good, but it's not like anything close to what it's real Italian pizza. All right. By the way, I have to say, you can only eat it, create Italian pizza in a few places. Oh. So don't imagine that you go to Italy and you any place you go to eat pizza is going to be great. So where can it's I get not, good pizza? Normally, you would go to the south. Normally, you would go to mm. Naples. And is there a difference between north pizza and south pizza? <sighs> Maybe northern pizza is more... Experimental, more gourmet style. Okay. While Napolitan pizza has got to be that and that only. So the last but not least, Italians are the best at sex. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Is it a real question? Yeah. You should ask my wife. (laughs) (laughs) My wife, if she says no. (laughs) Oh, God. Should we call her? This is the moment that we call her. (laughs) Is this the moment we call Martina and ask her this question? Probably we shouldn't. But the thing is, I remember when I was 13. Yeah. In England, a summer, I got introduced to this, to this girl and uh, presented myself as an Italian and said, oh my God, I love Italian boys. Like with a really lusty yeah, yeah. horny voice. and Thirsty, as and the I kids thought, say. Thirsty, yeah. And I was like, why is it? Because we want to prove every time, all the time, that we are the best. Ah. So we, so we you, make every fucking you make effort, effort possible right. to show that we are the best. Tra- even, even if we're not. Really hard. Right. She looks this like is... Ricky Gervais, but I'm going to make this work. This <laughs> <laughs> is going so long. <laughs> this outsider image of the lusting Latin Lothario and the dangerous but probably crazy Mediterranean beauty has been a staple in romantic comedies the world over since the talkies. There's something pretty damn sexy about the Mediterranean lifestyle and people in general. The openness and the food and the wine doesn't do anything to hurt it. 
But something else about Italy really, really stands out as being incredibly and oddly sexual. The weather. Italian weather girls. Yeah, man, what is going on? <laughs> like, what the hell? I mean, is this the question? Wait, yeah, that, that oh, is okay. the question. I mean, generally, people forward facing on the television are attractive, okay, okay. but, that, that, but that, what, like, Italy, like, it's obscene. It's like stratospheric. I, 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 know, I know where this is going. Cleavage. <laughs> you know what you want to talk about? So let's just fucking do it. It's right. weird. It's just the talk about Berlusconi. It's not the fucking He had us there. Of course, we wanted to talk about Silvio Berlusconi. A right-leaning, tax-dodging, womanizing, media tycoon with a populist style and a brash personality and no political experience who became the most powerful man in the country. Sound familiar? The pink flamingo in the room. The, <laughs> the hot weather girls. Maybe. Or actually, from the uh, trials, it's actually pretty clear that they participated in Bunga Bunga. <laughs> Or as you call it, bunga bunga. <laughs> so yes. So weather girls um, have already been couched for bunga bunga clubs, and they get like siphoned off into television weather girl positions. Of course. Well, what's sorry, what's the chicken and the egg? So do you end up? So you, this is something really old. Like it was like this before bunga bunga. So before you, Berlusconi. I think that the weather girls. Yeah. Comes with Berlusconi. Oh wow. Yeah. The TV before Berlusconi wasn't like this. Right, because Berlusconi was a TV guy. He's like, how do we pep this up? Yeah, right. so he came and he said, okay, let's put some American pepper to it, you know? Right. Like, so let's make it sexy, let's make it... Do you look good on green? <laughs> <laughs> yes, here you go. But wait, my question is, isn't like this in all over the world? No. No. All right, let's get out of the dark. Almost smack bang in the middle of Italy is something truly unique to the world. Another country, a tiny country, which is about 0.2 square miles, just to the west of Rome. It's the smallest country in the world. There's an ATM with instructions in Latin. It owns a telescope in Arizona, USA. It has its own army and football team, it drinks more wine per capita than anywhere else in the world, and it hates the Beatles. We're talking, of course, about Vatican City. Formed in the 4th century, a place of pilgrimage and the seat of the Catholic Church. It became a sovereign nation in 1929, and obviously Italians are super proud of it. In the middle of your country, you have this other country filled with dudes that wear kind of like red shoes and funny hats. That's no offense. Thing. This is not Italy. It's another country. But you don't feel yeah. that it's part of Italy. Not yeah. at all. I mean, just think about the guards. They're Swiss. Yeah. The army is Swiss. Yeah. I would say at least 50%. Mm -hmm. Just stay with low numbers. It's not from Italy. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, the Pope is Argentinian. <laughs> It's basic. It's By the way, time. I like the guy, I gotta say. Yeah, I know, he's all right. As far as, as, far popes, as popes have gone. Go, <laughs> he's, he's like number, number three. He's got a sense of humor. So he that's really what has. Have to be yeah. Yeah. to wear that outfit. <laughs> Around 80% of the population of Italy are Catholic. It also has the largest number of parishes and priests in the world. Rome alone has 900 churches, and where there's God... There's the devil. And that is always more interesting. Half a million people every year in Italy go to or have exorcisms. I, I thought it was more, actually. <laughs> Only half a million. Those people are play acting to pass as Catholics. Catholicism is really about the form. Right. You have right. to do things. You have to say the exact words. Right. Otherwise, it doesn't count. Yeah. And basically, exorcism is the, is the same thing on the opposite way. Like, to reject the devil, they behave like proper Christians. It's just right. they're following the form of it. They're ticking the box. They're ticking the box. And so I would say a lot of people are doing that. But it's something that's really so much radicated in the, in the culture that you, you don't even think about it unless someone asks you. And then you realize you're fucked up. <laughs> that's what we are as Italians. <laughs> Carbonara, parmesan, 
tagli eterni. Gnocchi, lasagna, tiramisu, porcetta, mozzarella, prosciutto, gelato, pizza, focaccia. There is no other European country which has taken over so many menus. And that's tough competition. Everyone everywhere knows all of the things we've just listed and hundreds more Italian dishes and creations. Dario too, and then some. He's a foodie like no other. Nobody knows nothing about Italian food. I'm going to tell you this real thing. I mean, you can find recipes in the old Roman classics yeah. about like the way they, they used to feast with food. It's been something that's been around all the time and with really weird and specific recipes. And so pizza, pasta is just really a small part of it. The Italian tradition is way, way, way more complicated than that. I don't want to give him a big head, but Dario's knowledge of food is pretty amazing. He owns a fridge just for cheeses. We'll just leave it at that. So we tried to get him on a few... Um lesser-known dishes. The first one, queso marzu. Queso marzu, oh my God. It's illegal now, you know? Is it really? What? It's illegal. No, we were it's talking about the completely yeast. illegal. What is it? It's rotten cheese. Yeah. You expose it to flies. Uh-huh. So they make... Maggots. Maggots, maggots. Oh, in the cheese. Oh, man. And then, and after then a while, it. you eat it. I gotta say, I never tried it. Yeah. But everybody who has tried it has said, it's fucking amazing. <laughs> Lampredotto. Yeah, it's basically interiors. Interiors? Interiors. There's of like what? Of, I think it's cow, yeah. mainly. Just slow-cooked tomatoes, herbs, spices, and in the end, you make a sandwich out of it. And? And it's really good. Panica meusa? Ah, panica meusa. This is Sicilian. So you have to understand, I'm from the north, so every time you're presenting these things, it's. but this is the, like a sand, the spleen, spleen sandwich. sandwich yeah. right. It wouldn't be my first choice. <laughs> we got to be honest here. Dario was going to get all of these right. He's super serious about food, and we were starving. So we pretty much gave up. Sorry. Everyone knows that there aren't many places on the planet that can touch Italy for food. I once cooked a tomato, garlic, chili, and basil fettuccine in an apartment on the Amalfi Coast. It's the best thing I've ever eaten. I've been chasing that forever. Everything there just seems to taste better, fuller, and richer. But as we know, Italians are also the best at being the worst. So we thought we'd go straight for the one thing that Italians are great at, insulting people. Here's a speed round of pretty rude phrases and me and Neil destroying the Italian language. A caso di cane. A cazzo? It's double Z, no? Yeah, a cazzo. A cazzo di cane. All right. This is a really good one. A cazzo di cane. Oh, God. Look how he, he just like, like woke up. This is a phrase that explains the old Italian bureaucracy. It means... Literally, dog's cock style. <laughs> it's like, it's, like it's, it's really done badly. It's disaster. like, yeah, it's not like done properly. Cagare in mano. Uh, this is like uh, shit in your ha own hands. Exactly. It means like being really afraid of something. <laughs> no. say, what do you mean? No? Well, uh, I know what it means, but I don't understand the situation where I'm so like, scared. You should, you're trying to hold it there, but it's... <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> You're trying, now, you're trying I just to understood more fearful. I just understood. <laughs> just so my hands are literally on my ass. You try to stop it, right. but no, it's just, impossible. Your hands are covered. Avere i coglioni pieni. Avere i coglioni pieni, yeah. Your balls are full. Your balls are full. Your balls are full means like when you're talking with someone and you're so fed up, like, my balls are full. Like, yeah, I cannot have it anymore. <laughs> I can't take this guy. Yeah. Gira. Che te rigira. Gira che ti rigira. Il cetriolo va in culo al artolano. What? I, it's the first time I hear it. It means round and round the cucumber goes in the ass of the, of the shopkeeper. So, uh, 
So basically, it's, I think it means whatever you do in the end, you're going to pay for it. <laughs> I guess so. Like, where, where do you find this? It's the first time I hear it. And the internet's a wonderful you're, place. Wow. You're welcome. I'd put money on the fact that Dario is a guy who's been insulted all over the world, but maybe not by that many shopkeepers or cucumbers. Well, there are only a few things left on our list. So first, as always, in misinformation, national pride. Are you proud of being Italian? What is it being Italian? Like you can be labeled as someone who's really pretending and dressing in a way that is showing off. And so, so people try to think if you're Italian, you one one thing, but Italy is so diverse, right? So diverse. It's really, you cannot label it. There's you within Italy, like who you are within your own country, and then who you are when you're outside of your own country. Like you get to be Italian when you're not in Italy, and when you're in Italy, you're Milanese. All the time you're uncomfortable. Because uh, as I was born in Milan, but my parents weren't from Milan. So the kids that were from Milan, they would uh, mock me up from, uh, from my accent, for the way I was talking. So I adapted my dialect to the Milan type. And outside, like, they would say Italy. Oh, yeah, of course, I love Naples. I'm from the fucking north. It's like 1,000 kilometers. Like, it's not even close. Like, it's two different countries. So it doesn't really make sense. If you want to know stuff from Italy, I will welcome you and, and talk you through a lot of stuff. Like you can understand a lot, of, a lot of stuff from the culture through food, especially. But otherwise, it's so huge, like nobody knows. The judges here at Passport do know, and according to our count in the nearly four-hour conversation, yeah, seriously, the world's idea of Italy, according to Dario, is about eighty-eight percent correct. Congratulations, Italy. We didn't quite get to 100%, but we definitely have a new winner or loser, depending, I guess, on, on how you look at it. As an unstereotypical Italian, telling us all of these things about Italy are true, <laughs> does that mean that you're telling us a complete lie and you're thinking the other thing. (laughs) Like, are you walking misinformation? Uh, I'm basically suggesting in in another way, in a hidden way, that you should look for like really specific small stories about Italy. And that is the way to discover something nice. Otherwise, it's just a fucking postcard. (sighs) (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, of course, Italy is stylish. It is beautiful, but it's diverse also. It is more than just a postcard, but if it's a postcard you want, it's got that too, in spades. It's both surface and hidden. Almost everything right there on the table and maybe a little underneath. Because remember, there's Italy the easy way and there's Italy the hard way. Or maybe all of this is nonsense because Italians are always saying one thing and thinking the other. But we digress. Basically, Italy, just as we suspected, is filled with division and rivalry, togetherness and family, mama's boys, nice suits, fast cars. It's crammed with endless arguments about important and meaningless things, sometimes at exactly the same time. It's both superstitious and traditional, trendy yet garish, Even the simplest things can be so, so complicated. It's obsessed with football and food and squared paper, but also with terrible sunglasses, skin-tight animal print leggings, dog poop, and the lottery. It is the best at everything, even if that is the worst. The beautiful things are such a cliche that you end up like, oh, come on, really? (laughs) But then, yeah, at some point, it doesn't mean they are not true, even though they are cliché. Yeah, no, we need need cliché to have cliché, yeah. I guess so. This is a cliché, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) 
This week's saved pins are Dario's picks of some of his favorite spots around the whole of Italy. They are mostly borderlands, or terre de confine, a little off the beaten track, where he insists you can only find the real Italy. Number one is Paso de los Stelvio. It's the world's most beautiful road. From the Alps going south stop anywhere in Valtellina to eat one of Italy's best and unknown dishes, pizzoceri. Number two, Carrara. A decaying jewel, white and gray marble caves in the Tuscan region. Eat a Nyam Nyam at Tognozzi's or a Farinata. It's a flour flatbread inside a pizza, inside a focaccia. Mm-hmm. Number three is any place of your choice in the region of Friuli Venezia Giulia. It shares a border with Slovenia and Austria, and there you can find the best natural wine in the entire world, period. Number four, Ginostra, or any other remote and wild island from the Eolie archipelago. Don't bring your mobile and forget about everything. And finally, number five, Sardegna, birthplace of Dario's ancestors, famous for shepherds. Italians forget that it's part of the country, literally. There are maps where it doesn't even exist. Sardinians sometimes consider themselves as another nationality. For some reason, Americans think it's better to go to Sicily. But go see the Mamutones Festival and eat a slowly fire-roasted suckling pig, and you'll never want to go anywhere else. That's it for this week, guys. We'll see you in two weeks after Thanksgiving on the 1st of December for a romantic journey by train through India. A love guru, a Bollywood director, and the fantasy and reality of finding love in truly one of the most special countries in the world. Until then, keep an ear out for a little trailer from us for what's coming up in December and January, wherever you get your podcasts, and follow us on all social media or visit us at FrequencyMachine.com. We'll see you in two weeks. This episode of Passport was written and produced by myself and Andres Bartos. Huge thanks to Dario Flores d'Arcais for all of his thoughts on Italy and for keeping the fact that he's a football fan secret for all these years. Our theme music, as always, is by the enigmatic Nick Turner, with other tunes coming from The Human Fund, Alan Smithy, The Jingle Punks, Carlton Banksy, Rochelle Rochelle, Oracle, Hot Acid, Alien Lust Bomb, Attitude, Fish and Chips, and The Hebrew Hammer. The show is mixed and mastered by Julian Kuzneski. Eliza Engel is our production assistant. Stacy Book, Dominic Ferrari, and Avi Glijanski would never go against the family. They also executive produce the show, which is hosted by me, Neil Innes, and a man who, as far back as he can remember, has always wanted to be a gangster. Andres Bartos. We'll see you in the next place. <laughs>